Hello friends, thanks for tuning in today. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. I have a very special episode. As always, today's episode, we are going to talk about what embodied femininity femininity isn't. I will be talking about feminine rage. Now, this was at the beginning of when I first started my podcast. And I was trying to kind of uh, find a community to get plugged in, right? And so, of course, I went to Reddit because Reddit is great. And I made a post in this um, femininity group. And I said, hey, I'm trying to get plugged in. Uh, If I'm trying to search for a community, if anybody has any recommendations or anything like that, please let me know. And I got a lot of really positive responses from from you know the people in the in the in the group and then this person um commented it and i think it was a guy and he commented it and he said tried good girls community and i'm and i was like automatically you know the bells are ringing in my head and i was like hmm why does that sound like a jab, you know? So then I went, of course I went and clicked on it to see, huh, what what is this about? And it literally said, this is a community for women who want to be submissive to their male partners. I had to come on this and make a podcast episode about it because that is such a big misconception when it comes to femininity and all these things. So let me just start by telling you what it isn't. Embodied femininity is not being submissive housewives trying to please their male counterparts. There's uh, some belief in certain spheres that femininity is about being quiet and submissive and unopinionated and meek. You know, but that. That good girl trope, that people-pleasing energy where, what is it, the ideal good woman is painted to be someone who should be quiet and nice and amiable, that's all constructed by the patriarchal society. Now, we can agree that this world caters to men. I don't have to talk about the job opportunities, the, the general economic opportunities, There's a reason, let's just put it this way, that there's a reason why so many female authors are actually writing and publishing books under under pen names that are under kind of gender neutral or leaning toward more masculine names. And that's because there's a higher chance that their books would sell more. And that's just, that's just one example of many. Okay. So let me talk from personal experience. So I'm an Asian girl, and of course, there's a lot of stereotypes, especially sexist stereotypes, right? And especially for Asian women, we are labeled, we are seen to be, you know, this um, exotic minority group that are usually very meek. They don't, they're unopinionated. They don't speak up. They, um... They are kind of a people pleaser. They try to please their husbands, right? I used to work at an ethnic restaurant. And guys, you wouldn't believe the amount of times that I've had older white men come up to me and 
tell me how much they want a submissive wife to cook and clean for them. Like, how do you even respond to that kind of blatant sexism? You know, because it's like, can they not hear themselves? And that's a lot of women too, that we are just conditioned to be, to be this, just do what you've been told and don't complain and don't show any anger and just appear agreeable, agreeable, right? In this restaurant, it was very conservative, very traditional type of atmosphere. And they basically had the girls that worked at the restaurant split into two groups, the good girl, the good girl group, and the rebellious kind of, um, kind of difficult women. And guess where I was placed? Definitely the rebellious, difficult women. And, and why? Why? Why was I placed there? Because I spoke up when I needed to speak up. And I was opinionated. And when I felt disrespected, I said I didn't keep my mouth shut. Okay. And on the other hand, these good, these good girls, these girls that were labeled as good girls, they're the ones that were meek. They were people pleasers. They kind of just let everybody kind of walk all over them. And so to, to kind of step out of that toxic environment and look back and say, like, those were the girls that were kind of put on a pedestal, the girls that had no opinions, the girls that did what everybody told them to do and tried to please everybody. On top of this good girl trope, there's also the suffering women trope, right? Uh, the best example I can think of in, in current media is that movie Blonde, uh, which is like a reenactment of Madonna's no not Madonna what is her name Marilyn Monroe's life okay and basically I watched the film because I really liked the actress uh because she played in Knives Out and I really liked her but um the entire movie was just of her suffering like getting abused sexually abused mentally and verbally abused by men and how she just had to basically use her sexuality in order to gain fame and all these things, right? And the whole time, this this woman, she was just crying and weeping. And it's like this suffering woman is so, why is it so fetishized? And it got a lot of bad reviews. This leads us to feminine rage. And I recently watched the new Avatar, Way of, Way of the Water. Uh, spoiler alert, if you want to skip past this, go ahead. At the end, the mom, her name is Neytiri, right? She plays and depicts feminine rage so well because she was just consumed in her grief after losing her child. She's emitting these guttural noises like she's just in pain, like in pure pain. And you can feel it through the screen, right? Like she, she's just screaming like these low, low growls. And then, you know, her husband talks to her and he's like, he just said that, uh, the children need us right and so she you can see her slowly regaining and reclaiming her power and she's angry but like above that she's like she's uh f in fury she's actually enraged by what just happened and you and then the next couple scenes it's of her just in this ma maniac uh episode or maniac state where she's just killing everybody. She just obliterated everybody in her path. And you can see her her power um, coming coming to life, right? Because she has, she's just been so wronged. Her child has been taken from her. So this feminine rage, it's not just uh, what some people may call the uh, angry, angry women or 
crazy over emotional um, feelings that women tend to have. This 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 rage. It's it's an generational. It's older. It's it's ancestral. It's the rage that has been passed down from generations of being wronged, like of our mothers and our grandmothers just being wronged and witnessing all the suffering or this abuse. And feminine rage comes out when our truth has been ignored for so long, like when our truth hasn't been allowed to, to breathe and to, to be heard and to be acknowledged. A lot of our mothers and grandmothers, they've self-abandoned in so many areas, right? They've They've sacrificed so many things at the cost of their own the, their own happiness, their own lives, because of the roles that that have placed have been placed upon them. Raising children without proper support from the men that are supposed to protect them and provide them safety, right? They're they're actually you know the suffering of single motherhood. They don't have these safe men that are taking care of them and providing for them and, and providing that container in all in all areas, not just financially, but emotionally. A lot of times, disempowered women, especially in the past, they will self-abandon themselves through their kids, right? When their needs aren't being met by their husbands, they they self-abandon. They decide to have more and more kids so that they can they can feel loved back. And that's actually a very disempowered reason to be having children. But yeah, anger has always been kind of dismissed, right? Uh, I personally, when I was angry, I was always um, kind of shamed for for being angry. But anger can be can be good because it leads you to to take action, especially, for example, if you're stuck in a toxic environment, that anger that you feel, that rage, it it helps you move, right? It helps you make these decisions, these empowered decisions that can that can lead you to leaving that toxic relationship or toxic environment and and choosing something better for yourself. I've always been I've always felt this that I am a passionate person. I've always felt so deeply that's why it's led me to kind of uh be really creative like I used to write songs I used I journaled all the time when I was a little girl and then and then I I was in band and I was in drama like I was in drama for two years and every semester I was one of the main characters if not the main character and that's because people saw that passion in me to to display these really intense emotions and I wasn't scared of it you know because it was just a part of me and I've claimed that as a since I was a little kid that I a passionate girl and then but then when I would talk about certain topics that was really close to my heart like for example for example when I get into these talks about how uh, the the detrimental effects of misogynistic content of, on women. I get this tightness in my chest and this lump in my throat, and I I just I just cry because I felt like it has been so repressed and hasn't been talked about, and people women don't talk enough about it, and and it's so deeply triggering because there like abuse is a, a collective women experience that almost every woman I know have been abused in some sort of level. I have been abused in some level of sorts. Are we still living in a world where there are people that are adamantly refusing to see how misogynistic content on media is? I have seen the ways that my mother have suffered in this dysfunctional society. The abuse that she's had to endure 
she's a survivor of war and she's seen so much. And I remember she, her telling me that during the war she had, well, before the war she had, she had beautiful long hair, like beautiful black, thick black hair. And she shaved it completely because it was one way of keeping her body safe. When you're put in that life and death situation, you're thinking of how to protect yourself. It becomes extremely primal and it's like all about survival and it's about the basic necessities, right? What are you thinking about? You're thinking about your body. And she's a beautiful, she was, she's a beautiful woman and she, she shaved her head as, as a one way so that she could give them one less reason to hurt her in some way. So this feminine rage, so this rage doesn't need to be healed. So there are th- a couple reasons why the feminine rage will come out. And so the first one would be if your boundaries have been overstepped. So that can mean like you just feel completely disrespected in some way. I remember, I think a very real emotion that a lot of women, especially in this age, have experienced is the feeling of complete rage when we are being put in competition with other women by our men, right? So you're dating this guy and he's entertaining these women, like he's um, messaging them or he's just doing all these things, goes against everything that we desire. We desire devotion. And so that level of disrespect is just belittles you. The second way that the feminine, the rage will come out is when they dismiss our truth and ignoring our needs. Women are extremely intuitive. The truths they feel really deeply resonate with us. And a lot of times when we are speaking our truth, our feelings are completely belittled and dismissed. We get called crazy. We get called like, oh, you're overreacting. Calm down. I don't remember that happening. Just that kind of level, that kind of level of dismissal. I've been in a relationship where my ex would just pretend that I wasn't even in the room with him. And it would make me become like a maniac, right? Because I would start screaming, like, I'm in this room with you. You're pretending not to hear me. I'm scre- I'm literally screaming and you're on your phone. It's this anger, like of, of trying to talk and not being actually heard. The words that we're speaking aren't met with any receptivity. In contrast, it's actually being greeted by emotional violence and abuse. Now, the third way that rage will come out is when they are asserting power over us in an attempt to control. This is what toxic men will do. They don't want to accept change. They don't want to do that problem solving, which they are supposed to do. That's what they're created to do, is to solve problems. They're not going to do that. Instead, they're going to deflect and they're going to defend themselves. I think this is a this was one of the quotes that my boyfriend actually shared a while ago, but I, th- I think it said something like, to defend yourself is to remain the same, right? And so that's what they want to do, is they don't, they don't want your feedback. They definitely don't want you to tell them it was wrong about their actions. So what are they going to do? They're going to they're going to try to put you in this box, right? They're going to try to contain this. They get they see this rage and then they're like either I bow to it and get obliterated by this rage or 
I try to manage it and I try to manipulate it and I try to control it so that I can have some type of power over it. If you listen to them when they tell you that you're not going to amount to anything without me, you're nothing without me. I've heard that so many times. And if you believe that, you're going to end up in this trap of self-abandonment, right? You're going to end up sacrificing your happiness, your independence, and he's going to have his way with you. He's going to be able to control you. He's, he's going to be able to keep doing what he's been doing. The embodied feminine will recognize their attempts. If they're not giving us this receptivity, if they don't trust our discernment and our wisdom, then we remove ourselves from that situation, right? We don't try to scream even louder at them. We don't try to throw things harder. We don't try to fight back physically or any of this thing. We just remove ourselves. We recognize them as what they are, unwilling to change and unwilling to better themselves, unwilling to provide safety. We need to practice speaking our truth, calling out their bullshit, calling things for what it is, and become empowered to talk about things that you deep that we deeply care about without fear of judgment. When we're stuck in a relationship that is always kind of perpetuating this rage within us, it's time for us to step back and reclaim our power, right? Our power of choice. With toxic environments, we have the choice. When we choose something, we're choosing either to, to reinforce our trauma and our wounds, or we can choose to rewrite our story, right? We can choose to be in an environment that brings healing. So yeah, femininity is not all soft, and it's not all butterflies and flowers and gallivanting in the meadows, right? There's a dark aspect of it. There's rage. And women, we hold so much power. We have the ability to create life. And it doesn't come nicely. It doesn't come neatly packed. It comes with guttural screams and cries and wetness and blood. And that doesn't sound very digestible now, is it? Womanhood is not easily digestible. There's so much to us. There's so much power. There's so much darkness along with lightness and softness. It's about reclaiming your truth and accepting nothing below it. I was talking about femininity with my mom and I love my mom, shout out to her. She's so, she's so wise and she is my, my superhero. She ha holds so much truth and so much knowledge and just so much wisdom. But I had this talk with her and we were talking about the stigmatization of divorced women, right? Especially in that part of the world, we are seen as tainted in many, in many ways. And even if it's not our choice, that's kind of how, how the society projects, the image the society projects upon us. I was talking to her about how now women are able to have jobs, right? Women can be self-sufficient if they choose to be. Women no longer need men to provide financially. We can work. Is it easier? Probably not. But can we work and provide for ourselves for as long as we live? Yeah, that's totally doable. And she said that women today, they're, they're independent. They're powerful. They are able to take care of themselves. They have autonomy. 
and autonomy is something is a concept that she couldn't even dreamed of as a child. She has always she had always been conditioned to be the housewife, right? There was no talk of education. There was no talk of pursuing your dreams. They, she didn't have that luxury. Her women her age do not have that luxury, especially in that part of the world. It's about catering to your husband, catering to your children. And if, for example, my my mom and dad are great partners, but women her age, if they didn't want to be married, if they didn't want to be with their 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 husbands anymore, they didn't have that option. So they stay in these miserable marriages that are so unfulfilling. They stay in these marriages and they self-abandon through their children. They pour out all their love to their children, hoping for it to be reciprocated back. And they self-sacrifice. They do all this and they do all that. And then they look back and it's like you spent 60, 70 years suffering. And she said, now when we're in unfulfilling relationships, we can leave. It's an empowering choice. Right? When you're dating somebody, you keep checking in with yourself. Is this still aligning with what I want in life? If uh, you guys are still on the same trajectory of life, right? You're still, you're moving in the same direction, because we know that life is short now. We don't want to waste any more time than we already have. It's not just dating. It's like do not minimalize your dating life into just it's into this trivial thing. Dating takes so much of your energy. It's not something to be like casually doing. So when you compare her generation with our generation, you see how important it is to be choosing men that are receptive to what we say who believe in our truth, who are a match for us. This is a topic that that is really important to me because I'm tired of seeing women suffer in relationships. I'm so tired of it. And I'm tired of of hearing people be in miserable relationship for years and years. So reclaim your power, speak your truth, And recognize the powerful woman that you are, a woman of choice. Don't just pick your battles where you win some and lose some. I've I've never really gotten the concept of it. It's either I have everything I want or I don't have it at all, especially in relationships, right? Do not turn a blind eye. Trust those red flags and yeah, make empowered decisions. That's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you for listening to me. I love you guys. I'm going to go now. Bye.